This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the NBA Morning Deuce. It's a fry deuce, a loaded, hot, stinky, gigantic fry deuce, Alex. It is March 12th. We have 11 games to talk about. There's no time to waste because there's so much to talk about. First full slate of games since All-Star break. And although, as you texted me earlier, lots of blowouts, there were some really good games. Some good Loaded Eastern Conference slate. Top nine teams in the Eastern Conference played tonight. So a lot of movement, a lot of action. There are, th- there are three games currently being played as we're recording. Two of them are the aforementioned blowouts that you speak of. The Clippers, we usually try to wait until the fourth quarter of games, just in case. The Clippers are beating the dog shit out of the Warriors. 79-57 with six minutes left in the third. That could come back to bite us in the ass because the Clippers do have a penchant for blowing leads. And Steph Curry was animated on the sideline. He was pretty fired up when I turned it off. So we'll see. We will see. And if it does come back, to like we're going to be recording for you know probably the next hour or so. Mm-hmm. So maybe if they make a comeback, we do an extended version. I doubt it, but we'll see. The Sacramento Kings, who somehow still employ Luke Walton as their head coach, are beating the Rockets. Not as bad as they were beating them before. It's only a it's only a seventeen point game right now. <laughs> it's only seventeen. It's only a seventeen point game. But I just got a fascinating alert. Okay. Uh, th- like I just said, that game's in the third quarter as well. From what I can see, there's two and a half minutes left in that game. The Rockets are down by 17. And I just got an alert that says Houston big man PJ Tucker was a healthy scratch tonight versus the Kings and remains frustrated. He hasn't been moved to a contender. The game's still going on. The game is still going on. Is he, who's he telling that he's frustrated, remains frustrated? I mean, I'm sure he's frustrated that he's not playing, but that's the time. This is now like. It's when weird timing. I when mean, that, I, he when probably that, means like in general. Like, I understand that. But when that report comes out in the middle of the game, it almost, there's almost like an implication that he expressed his frustration to somebody during the game. Mm-hmm. During the middle Which, of the game. <laughs> yeah. Who was that from? I think I actually, was that Woj? It might have been. I just I got the alert. Cronies. I get the alerts from Bleacher, and then they credit mm. ESPN. So uh, it's probably Woj, or I don't know. Windhorse. Yeah, I got that, that one like too. A- it, the wording was kind of weird. Well, it's just weird timing because the game is going on. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, all right, we get it, but whatever. And then the other game that is in the fourth quarter, nine minutes left, four point game, which is 
it's it's just set up so perfectly. The Suns are beating the Blazers 101-97. So it's setting up perfectly for a potential Dame time, which is, as I've noted many times on the show, the most exciting thing in the NBA at the moment. So we'll keep track of that. I will keep track of that. I'm watching that as the show goes on. But while those games are going, by the way, Clippers now up by almost 30 points. So I think we're okay. I think we're in the clear there, yeah. I guess since we probably won't talk much about that game because it's a since it's such a bad game, I just got to say, the Warriors, I was watching Detroit tonight and I texted you about how bad, and we'll talk about Detroit, about how bad one of their lineups was. I think the Warriors may have had the worst lineup in the NBA at one point this season on the floor. They at one point had Nico Mannion, Juan Toscano, Jordan Poole, Kelly Oubre, and Eric Pascal playing. It was brutal, and I was watching the stretch. I was kind of like thinking it, and then you messaged me that, and I was like, yeah, this is horrible because Nico Man. I mean, Nico, <sighs> Nico's got potential, but he's just not, he does, yeah, but not ready I mean, to right play. now. Like, he's 19 years old, whatever, but it, the whole – it was just like a ragtag, bumbling group of bozos, <laughs> really, and like yeah. they just had no shot. And the Wiseman situation where he misses the COVID test and he's not playing. It's yeah. it just things don't look good for them. Looks good for my bold prediction that they won't make the playoffs does. Uh, so that's probably all we got to say, but I hate watching the Clippers. Uh, yeah. they're, they're a very good team. And I know Kawhi is incredible. And Paul George is so, but I just, there's something about them. Even when they're playing good, they're just not a fun team. No, I do like watching Kawhi in the playoffs, but uh, yeah, you're right. The regular season, it's like, I mean, they just, they should be beating everybody, you know, like they're, they're, they're good. But, if, but there are teams like that then they're yeah. still fun to watch. Like mm-hmm. I have fun watching Brooklyn. Yeah. I don't have fun watching the Clippers. And maybe it's that they, that maybe part of it is what you're saying that they just are supposed to be so good and they don't play an exciting style. Yeah. It's very Kawhi's, Kawhi's, Kawhi's style is not, I get it's a great point. Kawhi's style is not exciting until you see him doing it at the highest level. And he's just unstoppable. Yeah. Like when he's unstoppable in the regular season, it's like, okay, Great. He's the third, fourth best player in the planet. Right. So he should be. It's a good point because in the playoffs, it is really fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's really fun to watch. Uh, all right. So I'm going to give you a choice which game we start with. Okay. Okay. We could either start with the best performance of the night, individual performance, or we can start with the most exciting game of the night. Start with the most exciting game of the night. Okay, well, then we will start with the Hawks and the Raptors. The honeymoon continues in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Hawks, who were getting beat pretty badly in this game. I was getting, I was, I was fully prepared to crush Trey Young because they were getting blown out. He, his, he was playing terrible. He finished with 37, so I can't crush him too bad. They were... They were losing by like 15 at one point. They made a furious rally in the fourth quarter. Furious rally. To come back, beat the Raptors, who, by the way, they should have been beating all game because they're still COVID ravaged. No Siakam, no Van Fleet, no Ananobi. Uh, So this shouldn't – it took, I think, 33 from Norm Powell for the Raptors to have that lead. 29 from Chris Boucher. This shouldn't have been a game. 
But either way, they come back. Uh, Trey Young finds Tony Snell for a buzzer beater. Uh, they're down two, final possession. Trey Young trying to tie it up. They they sort of collapse on him in the paint. He hits Tony Snell. Tony Snell hits a buzzer beater three to win it. And now the Hawks, 3-0 since they fired Lloyd Pierce, 5-1 and with Nate McMillan as their head coach this year. Ridiculous. And it does mean – I mean, it really – it does mean something. I mean, they're, they're, I assume they're playing harder, especially because they're down seven with a minute 15 left, you know, and grind out a win like that. I think that points toward coaching. Um, and they're still not at full strength either. So it's interesting to see. I, I still don't like 24 shots from Trey Young. I mean, he had a – I mean, 37 points. You can't, like, sneeze at that. But, like – He got the line 16 times. He's, yeah. he, he gets the line a lot. He's just so ball dominant and we know that about him. And I just don't think that's the way to go with this team. I was when Nate McMillan took over, you know, I was interested to see if that would decline a little bit, like him being so ball dominant and it hasn't, or it wasn't tonight. But yeah. They well, had no business only winning by one. Yeah. Well, here's the thing with them too, is that Lloyd Pierce, Nate McMillan, I don't even know that it matters a ton. I think we've found that the link in, in their defense becoming awful has been DeAndre Hunter being. Mm -hmm. And should one guy impact their defense that much? No, but it just seemingly it has because this, they gave up 120 points to a team that doesn't have three of their four best players on the floor. Uh, Their best scorer, their leading score, their two leading scorers, I think, in Van Fleet and Siakam. Yep. OG Ananobi is not a great offensive player, but he's a starter. It's just like, they still give up 120. Norm Powell scores 33. This defense is atrocious. And I damn sure could tell you that Norm Powell ain't getting 33 points if DeAndre Hunter's playing. So, you know, so, you know, now they're, I want to say they're now uh, seven and 13 or they have a, they still have a really bad record since DeAndre Hunter's been out, but five and one since Nate McMillan or three and one since Nate McMillan took over. Five and one total with him as their coach this year, including the games that Lloyd Pierce missed when his uh, child was being born. So the honeymoon continues, and the team still they still have so many whole so many things to fix. They're still not healthy, but getting at least to some semblance of what people, I guess, expected from them this year. Yeah, um, there's still three games under 500, which is like remarkable to me, but. This is probably one of the bigger storylines in the East to watch, at least for this for the second half, um, because they could make a run. They really could. Yep, and a cool nineteen rebounds for Clint Capella. Yeah, five more blocks. But concerning in that is Aaron Baines had eleven points, fifteen rebounds. Like that, that's not good. No, Capella's as good as he's playing. That can't happen. Aaron Baines has been awful this year. Yeah. <laughs> Four of 15 from the field, by the way. For Aaron Baines taking 15 shots ain't winning you many games. That's actually insane to go for his style of play to go four for 15 is nuts. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, all right. So then the best individual performance, at least so far, Dame time, still five minutes left in this game. Blazers now down seven to the Suns. Oh, 10 now. To the, oof, not looking good. Mm-hmm. Not looking good for Dame. No. But book time is what Ooh. we're seeing. Yeah. But anyways, the best individual performance of the night it comes from Kyrie Irving, who essentially this and until this game 
obviously we know how scary the Nets are, but this game, they beat the, they beat Boston 121-109. And this game is a prime example of just how unfair this team really just, they might just be, this, mm-hmm. this might just be what it is. And the Celtics have struggled this year. That That's fair. But no KD. James Harden, for the majority of this game, looked like he was still in Magic City in Atlanta. <laughs> he was really bad. But Kyrie Irving goes for 40, and they beat Boston by double digits, who is still one of the better teams in the East. Kyrie was incredible in this game. And it was just that, that was it. He was incredible. Landry Shamit gets six threes. Brad Stevens made a great point, and he was just like, after the game, he's just like, look, this is one of the – they've put together a collection, one of the best collections of three-point shooters ever around a collection of three of the best individual scorers <laughs> that we've seen. It's just – That's it's a so powerful hard. statement from another – from like a contending coach. You know, that's, yeah. that's kind of crazy. He's like, no matter what you do, you're either guarding the the individual, but then you're closing out to a great three-point shooter or – you're closing out to the great three-point shooter and leaving the individual, you know, it's just, he's just saying it's just, it's really hard. It's, it's going to be really hard for anyone to, to stop this. And they don't even have, they don't, they don't even have the second best player in the league. I mean, it's getting a little bit ridiculous. They've lost one game with him out, right? I mean, the streak there is outrageous. Yeah. It's, it's looking pretty bleak. If you are a fan of an Eastern conference contender, that isn't the Nets. Yeah, well, one thing that came out today is that KD is going to have more tests on his hamstring, and there's and now they're saying they're unclear when he's going to return. Really, which probably more speaks to them just being safe about him. Mm-hmm. But that makes me nervous a little bit. If you know he's coming off of uh, the the Achilles, this thing is nagging. You never know what can happen. That changes the dynamic because I do think a lot of the success that the Nets are seeing right now, not that they're not good without KD, but a lot of it is there's just not a ton of pressure. on. They're just going out there and just playing right now. Everything's house money for the Nets right now because it's really just about, let's just get to the playoffs. Yeah. Right. Let's be healthy. Let's get to the playoffs. And then it becomes, then, then we see what we're, what it's, what they're really made of which we know is if they have KD really good. Mm-hmm. If for some reason KD is not 100% or not playing, the booty holes get real tight. Real and we see, up there, yeah. we see what Harden and Kyrie can do with that team without him. Not saying that that's even remotely an option right now. I'm just saying lingering hamstring thing, coming off of an Achilles, more tests, all that stuff, not ideal. Mm-hmm. And I think you had mentioned, like, wasn't there a shot KD was going to play the game before the All-Star break? Like they said something like him coming yeah. back or, or it before All-Star. But yeah, I mean, everything we've said about the Nets being the favorite in the East and looking unstoppable, blah, 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 is contingent on KD being healthy for the playoffs. Like, I feel pretty comfortable if I'm. Yeah. So, I mean, that is a storyline, but we got to see how it pans out. Um, they're going to be a great team even without him, but when, if they get him back healthy, they're, I, they're on the verge of unstoppable. I would say, I'll tell you what, I don't know, man. I think, th- I think again, I still think a lot of people's perception of what the nets are doing right now 
is because in the back of their mind, they also know that Kevin Durant is still coming back. Sure. Yeah. I think if they were doing the same thing they're doing right now, but they didn't have Kevin Durant coming back, everyone would be like, Oh, cool. James Harden and Kyrie Irving are scoring a bunch of points. They'll lose in the playoffs. I agree with that. Yeah. Because it's not like they're playing outstanding defense or anything. Yeah. But right now everyone's saying, wow, this is incredible. And they don't have KD back. Mm -hmm. Wait till they have KD back. But if that wasn't an option, then everyone would be like, okay, this is really good regular season, but we've seen James Harden have great regular seasons. Mm-hmm. And we know Kyrie is, yeah, it, yeah, I'm with that. So it's a lot of it. it it's, it's all contingent on KD. The, the whole dynamic changes if he's not completely healthy. So it's probably, I think Nash talked about it and basically said it's, it's like a, a you know, just playing it safe. Yeah. And, yeah. Now, and especially now he hasn't played in, like over a month, something like that. So we'll, um, it's, it's got to be monitored. Another interesting thing from this game, Kyrie Irving now, 77 points in his two games against the Celtics. It's the fifth most any player's ever had in his first two games against a former team. Wow. That's, that's pretty remarkable. What, he only played them once last year? Or I guess he was banged up or something? I don't know if he played them last year. I think okay. it's just, the second oh, time right. he played him this year. Um, it's a pretty good amount of points, yeah. Uh, it's just interesting to me. Celtics are struggling. Mm-hmm. There's dissension there. You know, we don't – like, no one really knows what's happening with that team. Everyone blamed everything, and including myself. That happened mainly on Kyrie for forcing his way out of Cleveland to Boston, and then Boston wasn't good with him. Now he's gone. He's on one – arguably the best team in the league right now, second best team in the league right now. And Boston struggling, it's just an interesting mm-hmm. turn of the tables, I guess. Yeah. I still yeah, I, I still think Celtics get right. And I would love to see this playoff matchup, but they don't look great right now. Jalen Brown, I had about as bad of a game as he'll have the whole year. So yeah, well, good news for them is Marcus Smart played and played great mm-hmm. in 19 and 20 minutes. That's huge for them. Because ultimately, just like the nets and to a lesser degree you know i i don't think anybody's anticipating the potential of the celtics falling out of the playoffs either mm-hmm. it's a lesser extent because i think everyone's assuming nets one or two seed you know they just got to be healthy i think everyone's assuming the celtics will be there so for the celtics there's also got to be some level of like let's just get there we've yeah. had so many issues Let's get healthy and get right. So getting Marcus Smart back is is huge for them. Mm-hmm. And in a and, way, the the back end of the East is so mediocre that it gives them maybe this window to try to, to figure things out. You know, like there's no doubt they're struggling, but they're not at risk of missing the playoffs. So maybe they turn this around and, and start looking right. But it's yeah. not like they have that squeeze on them. Like, oh shit, we're we're really you know almost out of the the tournament here. Right. Uh, the actual top team in the east right now your your sixers you. yep got a surprise dub hopefully none of you took our advice and bet my advice bull, yeah bull, bet the bulls tonight because the bulls were favorites because joel Embiid and ben simmons did not play uh and philly just dog walked mm. ham-fisted the bulls <laughs> <laughs> you used it a different way than what it actually um, means, but uh, 127, yeah. 105. 
uh, and Joel Embiid, it, even at one point, said, "I've seen enough. Build the, build the franchise around Tony Bradley." Yeah, and that's funny. Embiid's funny and everything, but like more than anything, it's just a concern if you're the Bulls because Tony Bradley's not very good. <laughs> like, and we know Embiid was joking around and everything, but there's just no reason he should be going seven for seven against you. You know, Markkinen, I'm a little worried that maybe Markkinen coming back affects their defense. Like, I just, I'm having trouble understanding how they give up 127. You know, knowing where they are in the standings, first game of the second half, like, how do you, how do you give up 127 to the Sixers without Embiid? Um, Yeah, well, they also, this was Otto Porter's first game back in a while. He played 17 minutes. Doesn't look like he played very well. And he's been a buyout option and a potential trade option. So I'm wondering too, like, are they going to give him minutes to try to get him a showcase? More to appeal. Him? Yeah. He didn't yeah. play well tonight, no. but all of that impacts Thaddeus young who only played 17 minutes. And as I mean, he's been one of their best players this year. So you, you could be right there where it's like, they might fall into in the second half here. They have an opportunity to be a playoff team, but do they fall into this trap? Not trap, but do they fall into this issue of we got to play? Are you? Oh, oh no. What? Devin Booker down, holding his knee. Oh, holding his knee. It looked like he went. Oh no, he's fine. It looked like he went knee to knee with Derek Jones Jr. Ooh, that was. Oh, uh, yeah, that would stink. No, he got right up. He was holding it at first. He went down weird, and then he and then he got up, and now he walked to the free throw line. Uh, uh, I don't think they banged these. It looked like he just that's weird. I gotta see a replay again. That was weird, but he's walking a little gingerly, but he's okay. Anyways, do they fall into this issue where we want to play our young guys and develop our young guys, but also we want to make the playoffs? And Thaddeus Young is better than these guys right now, so we got to play him. It's just that'll be interesting to see, but yeah, th- this it's a bad loss for the Bulls without. Mm without Joel Embiid and uh, Ben Simmons. I mean, Dwight Howard, 18 and 12. Yeah. He's been so fucking solid for, for the Sixers. I love to see it. I told um, you, I told yeah, you. Yeah, no, I know. I just didn't think he had these kind of years left in him. It's really impressive. Also. Yes. For can. He had a big game. I love watching him shoot. He was only one for six from three tonight, but I just love, like, I just, I like watching him play. He, he's, he's kind of fun to watch. Um, Tobias solid 24. Solid. Yep. It's a great win for them. It is. Yeah. Uh, Especially because it looks like they're going to be duking it out for this top seed in the East. Like it's by no means wrapped up. So to get a win without Embiid and Simmons is huge. Yeah. They, uh, I used to say, I asked Doc after the game about playing without Embiid and Simmons. He said, everybody was saying that, uh, that uh, what are they going to do without Simmons and Embiid? We look pretty good tonight. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. <laughs> uh, that was, that, and that's what he said. So, mm-hmm. but he's also hasn't been feeling well. So maybe you're giving him a little too much shit. <laughs> it's actually been under the weather. So maybe his, uh, his vocal cords are even more dinged up than usual. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's a good one for them. Elsewhere in the East, <laughs> the speaking of ham fisting someone. You're not using it right, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use it however I damn well feel like using hey. it. Okay. Uh, the Bucks absolutely ham-fisted the New York Knicks. One 
34-101. No one on the Bucks took more than 12 shots. And that was Giannis, who only took 12 shots. Um, <laughs> Bryn Forbes was seven of seven from three. This was a I call it, I wanted to say it is a little, it's it's a bit of a statement game, seemingly, for the Bucks, where it's like, first of all, I think everyone is basically essentially said what we're saying, which is they're just gonna lose in the playoffs. And secondly, it's like, hey, Knicks, you're not quite, you're not quite there yet. Mm, you're not, yeah. you're not, you're not there yet. You're just not. And we're gonna we're gonna ham fist you tonight. <laughs> it kind of does fall. It is a statement game in the sense the Bucks are like, look, if you're not an elite team, we're still gonna beat the shit out of you. So it's like, yeah. oh, Nick, you're not an elite team, so you're gonna get smacked. Um, but there's just still no doubt in my mind, like the Bucks go up against a really great team, they're gonna struggle, I think. You know, well, I do think what was impressive in this game was I think there with like a couple minutes left in the first half, Giannis had only taken two shots. Like the, the mm. Knicks had did do a good job of sort of just limiting him in the first half. But what was impressive, which is what the Bucks will have to do, because you know in the playoffs, teams are going to be able to limit Giannis because he is limited. Not every game, but they will find ways to limit him. Everyone else stepped up and they were still winning. The, it was it was not like the the Knicks came back and it, it was close at points in the first half, but it was never really close. And that's because they shut down Giannis and they said, everybody else has to beat us, which is very typical of a Thibodeau type defense and everybody else beat them. Mm -hmm. And you do like to see, I mean, maybe this was just because the bucks were shooting the lights out, but 10 assists from Giannis is really good to see. Cause like, if they're going to have any chance of, of winning a title. It's going to be like, okay, a team makes it super hard for Giannis to do anything and he has to make them pay with good passing, you know? Um, so to see him get 10 assists, if he can sustain that, he takes his game to to an or he takes the Bucks to another level, I should say. If he can uh, become like a true distributor like this, I don't think he's going to do it on a night to night basis. But tennis is pretty nice. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention Daryl Morey tweeted at the founder of Dapper Labs tonight, Saw saying that. that Tony Bradley needed to have a top shot, and the guy said on it. Mm -hmm. Oh, he tweeted at like the CEO of Dapper Labs, right? The founder. Yeah. Oh, founder. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, forgot to mention that, but anyways, so yeah, good win. Probably got to be Julius Randle's worst game of the season. Yeah, he was not good. Three for 12, seven points, five turnovers. They, they get that's that's a big no chance in hell if he's playing like that. Mm -hmm. So, good win for statement win for Milwaukee. I don't know, I don't know if it's like good or bad or any different. This is just a game. These are games that they should win for yeah. being one of the best teams in the East. Um, and then the Miami without Bam Adebayo beat Orlando 111, 103. Uh, they, you know, it wasn't the prettiest game, but Jimmy Butler, man, since he came back from injury, he is just balling for this team and their defense since that run, since since February 5th, I think it is, they're 12 and four now. Best defensive rating in the NBA. Second best opponent points per game in the fourth quarter behind just the Lakers in the NBA. Like they are, their defense is absolutely dominant right now. And they 
They only get they struggled for a lot of the game to stop the Magic, who didn't have Evan Fournier or Terrence Ross, and then held them to 21 points in the fourth quarter. They're just they're hitting their stride all around. Kelly Olynyk had, I think, watching this game his best game of the year. That's what they need because the four spot has been like their real issue. But it's just crazy what this defense is doing, and they're doing it against like solid offensive teams, you know. Like Magic are a solid offensive team. They're a little shorthanded, but they just held before the break. They held the Pelicans under a hundred. Like it's not, it's not fool's gold. This defense is sick right now. Pelicans, Pelicans. We're gonna have to talk about the Pelicans tonight. Uh, yeah, no, no. This defense has found there's something there. There were some interesting rotational things. Like Precious got benched for Chris Silva in the second half. Wow. Uh, Mo Harkless actually looked decent. Like they, there was a lot of good things for the heat tonight. Uh, even though, but again, it was a little too, as a heat, as someone who follows the heat pretty closely, it was a little close for comfort against a team that's so shorthanded, like mm-hmm. this magic team, but no bam is huge. You know, like the heat are the best point paint point defense in the league. They only give up 39 points in the paint a game. And the magic had like 34, 35 at the end of the third. So it's obviously missing Bam in that regard. But the important thing, obviously, like that, that fourth quarter defense, they just locked up. When It's mm-hmm. just like we talked about with great teams. Like when we were talking about Utah earlier in the year when it's like all of a sudden they're just blowing teams out. Miami's offense hasn't gotten there yet, but it's, it's like this switch flips with their defense where it's like, all right, time to start playing defense and we're going to lock you down, which is great until you play the Nets because you're not going to be able to do that to them. Yeah, not, your not offense seven, better be on point. Not for seven games. Yeah, not for right. seven games. You're going to have to be Probably able to not score. for four quarters, honestly. Right. So you're going to have to start figuring out the scoring the basketball, which, you know, the, the biggest concern I find with this team still is their, their insane reliance on the three, and they just don't have a lot of shooters. There's not – Duncan Robinson is a shooter, but he's struggling this year. Tyler Hero, I guess you could call him a shooter – a good shooter, but the rest of these guys, there's not another guy on the team where you're like, that guy's a shooter. Right. And just in terms of catch and shoot, like you feel yeah, really well, good about knock, knocking down an open shot, you know? The amount of ball movement and drive and kick that they do for the the type of shooters they have, it's uh, it doesn't seem sustainable. I don't want to say that, even though, you know, like I'm not saying the bubble was a fluke, but I don't want to say like their three-point shooting was a little fluky. I don't know that they like last year, they were the second best three point shooting team in the league this year. They are not even, I think right now they're like 22nd in the league or 23rd. Mm-hmm. I, the amount of threes they take, I don't know if it's sustainable, even in a good offense when you don't have great shooters, you know, like you look around the league, you look at teams like the nets or even I'm watching Portland who obviously lost. Right. But Portland, every guy that plays is a, can shoot that like Dame obviously, but then, Gary Trent's shooting the shit out of the ball. Anthony Simons is shooting 41%. Robert Covington is a shooter. Melo can shoot the ball. Everyone who's out there other than their bigs are shooting the ball. And then I look at the Suns who they played. The Suns don't have a ton of shooters. They take bottom third of the league three-point attempts a game. But Devin Booker and Chris Paul are dominant in the mid-range. I just think sometimes teams get so caught up in this scoring at the rim – scoring from three thing where you have Jimmy Butler who can score anytime he wants. You have Goran Dragic mm-hmm. who's dom- who is a killer in the mid range. Like Bam can score when he, 
I just, I worry that they get so caught up in this drive and kick for three thing that it's going to, it can bite you because especially when you just, you're not shooting the ball well. Yeah. You're just not. True. Yeah. And I mean, Jay Crowder for, I mean, he's, he's not, Jay Crowder's not like incredible, but he, he, he's a good shooter. So, I mean, their personnel is just not the same in terms of that driving kick and knocking down open threes. And you remember last year in the playoffs, do you remember last year in the playoffs? I was, I talked about when Bam was hurt or when, or even when Bam wasn't hurt. Remember I would, I would always talk about how like when Kelly Olenek was at the five, he was very good for the heat. When he was at the five, he was very good because he's athletic. He does stretch the floor as a five. It's not as concerning. He started to five because Bam didn't play tonight. And it's one of his best games of the year. It just puts more of an emphasis on the fact that they need a, a better stretch four yeah. to move Kelly to the bench to be the backup five. The problem becomes if you're going to make a deal, he's probably in the deal because of yeah. his contract. So it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. On another note for Miami, Myers Leonard's punishment came out today. He was fined $50,000, suspended for a week from all team activities, and he's being forced to go to a cultural sense. Is it cultural sensitivity training? Something like that. It sounds right. Yeah. And I do believe the 50,000 is the max you can find somebody for a first defense type thing. I believe. Oh, but see, a lot of people were, were pretty outraged over that because like Draymond Green got fined $50,000 for saying that Devin Booker should leave Phoenix. Hmm. And Myers Leonard got fined $50,000 for a slur. And Kobe Bryant back, remember Kobe Bryant when he called that rep, he said that thing to that ref back in the day? I actually don't remember that. He, he used like a, a, a gay slur. Okay. And he got fined $75,000. Interesting. Well, that was under a different CBA, so we can. I'm assuming. So I know, but Pete, they're just everyone's yeah. just like, how yeah. does he? And you know, everyone's going to complain. Mm-hmm. It's it is what it is. It's just like people are saying, like, so tampering is a fifty thousand dollar fine, but being people are calling it racist. I don't know if it's a if it's rape, it's religion and race. It's different different conversation. But anyways, saying like a slur is the same value to the league as tampering. Mm-hmm. There, there yeah, is, I, I guess I could see where people are coming from. If it's the max, if it's in the CBA, then it is what it is. But I do yeah. see where people are coming from with it, where it's like, you know, how right. are they, how are they, how are they comparable in terms mm-hmm. of the punishment? I'm sure Adam Silver would prefer people to say he was fined the maximum amount rather than the absolute, like the 50,000, because it doesn't sound like a lot given what these guys make. But yeah, I mean, he got, he got, Slapped on the wrist, essentially, and hopefully learned his lesson. I mean, now, and I, the know. other thing I'll say is, I th- there's a lot of people whose response was also like, "So he's out for a week, and then he'll just be back with the Heat." No, and I don't think so. Yeah, he's probably done. I think he's done with the Heat. I, I think, I think he's done with the Heat. I, I would. They, they sent him. They essentially said he was on indefinite leave before the punishment. He's out for the year. Also, if they if they end up making a deal, his, his contract almost certainly gets included in it, mm-hmm. like we discussed. Yeah. I don't see a scenario where he's back with the Heat. So, obviously, we'll see what happens, but I just don't think – I just don't see it. Yeah, I don't either. Um, so, but Miami, above 500 for the first time this year. That's incredible. Or – 
I mean, I don't know if they were above 500, like early, like two and one start the year, right, but yeah. they were struggled early in the year, but mm-hmm. now back above 500 four seed in the East. Pretty remarkable stretch here. 12 and four since February 5th. They're 18 and 17. They're 12 and four since February 5th. So they are rolling. They're one of the hottest teams in the league still right now. I'm looking at it now. This is the first time they're over 500. They, they, they got off to an 0 and one start and never did it. That's, that's remarkable. Yeah. yeah. And Jimmy Butler to, to his credit, I still give him a lot of shit because he still passes up layups way too much. <laughs> like he had 27, he could have had 35, mm-hmm. but he's playing his ass off, man. I, I you can't, you can only, you, you sort of, I'm sort of like nitpicking at that point because he's playing his ass off and mm-hmm. on this stretch. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. So, um, the Suns-Blazers game just went final and... For the first time this year that I can recall in a close fourth quarter game, Dame time <laughs> does, not, does not come through. Suns beat the Blazers 127-121. Still at 30. Than, <laughs> Still yeah, at 38-7. Yeah, I think more than anything, it's sort of a testament to the team that I predicted would finish with the best record in the NBA this year, the Phoenix mm-hmm. Suns. And that was bold. That was extremely bold. Devin Booker, 35. Uh, they are just – they are – really they their defense is really really good and they are just they just are built so well although i did see deandre and take like a 15 17 foot jumper and it was lovely <laughs> maybe just sprinkling those in there i don't think that'll be a staple moving forward yeah Frank no. the tank starting for 11 minutes that is such a weird little like niche starting role and he only plays 11 minutes it's kind of awesome yeah, yeah. Jay Crowder, there you go. Three for five from three, 13 and seven. Mm-hmm. My guy Sharich, giving him 24 strong minutes. I mean, they just their starting five is obviously great. And then they're, they've got really nice bench pieces as well. Yeah. For the Blazers, this game, this is a good game. Like, this is a good game for them. Yes. Yeah. Still without McCollum, still without Nurkic, competing with probably the third or fourth best team maybe in the league right now, just the way they're playing to stay yeah. competitive with them and, and have a chance to beat them in the fourth quarter. It's just, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's good for them. And I think, yeah, I think they're going to continue to keep playing. Well, obviously Dame is unstoppable at the moment, but unless you're playing against the Suns, mm-hmm. I saw a report earlier today that was like, like a Western conference executive said that the Suns are a legit big man away from being a real contender in the West. So look out for them to go after Andre Drummond. Wow, that's kind of his. I mean, DeAndre Ayton's a legit big man. I'm not a huge fan of him, but he's at least a legit yeah. big man. They, yeah. they I don't know if they one, mean right? like another backup big man. Yeah. I don't know. That's weird. I don't know who was. It was a anonymous executive, obviously, but mm-hmm. I don't know why I put anonymous in air quotes. Because he was actually an, yeah, it was actually an anonymous. Uh guy but anyways um you mentioned the pelicans 
Yes, it's ugly. The Chris Finch era has officially started in Minnesota. And depending on how the Clippers-Warriors game finishes, I think it's safe to say that, oh, no, Milwaukee won by 33. I was going to say Minnesota's best team in the NBA after All-Star break. They won by 30. <laughs> they beat the Pelicans by 30. Okay. Minnesota, Minnesota beat the Pelicans 135-105. And listen, people, you're going to start talking about it eventually. I don't care how much you all love Zion Williamson. You're going to talk about how bad this team is defensively. And he has to be brought up in the discussion. This team is 135 to the Timberwolves. It's, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's unacceptable for a team that is trying to fight for playoff spot. This team hadn't won a game since they hired a new coach, which is unheard of. Usually when you hire a new coach, you win your first game or second game, some type of honeymoon period. No, they stink. This team looked like they weren't going to win a game the rest of the year. They win by 30. Ooh, that's an embarrassing loss for, for the Pelicans. Zion plays 31 minutes and is minus 29. Yeah. So that means 17 minutes. He wasn't on the floor. It's a really tight game. You know, it's, it's concerning. Um, yeah. I mean, he might be a gigantic glaring hole in his game. It might be. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. Their defense is inexcusably horrible. I don't know if there's a better way to say it, but like, it just can't be this bad. You're in the NBA. You're, you're, bunch of NBA players out there and they've got an anchor in Steven Adams. We know Lonzo balls is like good perimeter defender. Well, Lonzo ball is the only player on their, in their starting lineup with a net rating above one. Wow. That's when he's well, on the floor, when he's on the floor, when mm-hmm. they get the on off splits. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When he's on the floor. His net rating is above one, uh, which I guess would make it his net rating because you would only count when he's on the floor, but Everybody else is either a negative net rating or Steven Adams, I think, is like 0.2. So that's that's Concerned. also kind of telling, too, yeah. for everybody on that team. But, again, at some point, let's put Zion at the five. Let's put another shooter in that lineup. Let's put Ingram at the four. We can't defend anyways. Let's just outscore people and run. Right. And let's it's not go. like your defense. Your defense really can't get any worse, I don't think. So I'm with This that. is the like, worst defensive performance of the season. And I don't even think that's like hyperbole. This is the worst. You just gave up 135 points to the worst team in the NBA by a long, by a wide margin. It seems like this year. Yeah. It's, it's ugly. Jalen. No, no, well, even have yeah. Malik Beasley. They didn't even have one of their best scorers. Like Jalen. I don't know how to say this guy's name. Jalen. I don't know how to say his last name. Noel. No, Noel. N O W E L L. Jalen. Noel had 28 points. Who is Jalen Noel? Good for him. Second round pick last year. Anthony Edwards probably had his best game of the year. He had 27. 27, yep. I just, this is, congratulations to Chris Finch on getting your first win as a head coach in the NBA. But man, this is more of an indictment on the Pelicans than it is an important win for the T-Wolves. Yeah. It's getting, well, I was probably there before the all-star break, but like, I'd be shocked if this team gets it together and makes the playoffs at this point. Defense is just too goddamn awful. They have the same record as the Kings, man. That's horrible. Mm -hmm. That's horrible. Yeah. No, it's pretty. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it's a mess. Um, 
moving on to Charlotte. One of the uh, rare, very good games tonight. Yeah, and my biggest thing with this game, Charlotte beat the, the Pistons 105-102. And Terry Rozier only had 17, but I think seven of them came in the last two minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. swear, every time I turn that, that team on in the fourth quarter, it's Terry Rozier time. That's a new thing. It's not just Dame time. It's Terry Rozier time. Scary Terry. Scary territory. Territory. Yeah, scary territory. <laughs> I might be pushing that one a little bit, but scary, scary territory. Terry, scary territory. I like that. I actually love that now that we. we scary yeah. territory. I'm going to next time there's the fourth quarter of a Hornets game and I'm watching it, I might tweet out, we're entering scary territory. You are now entering scary territory. Be awesome if they had another guy on their team that was good named Tory somehow. Terry. It, it would be amazing if it's, if that gets so big that at games, they put it on the board, <laughs> like coming out yeah. of a timeout, you are now entering scary territory. Yeah, like a crazy voiceover. Nice. Yeah. He was awesome. I watched the highlights of this game. He like was just balling out in the fourth quarter. Malik Monk, some some key buckets in the fourth quarter. Nine points. Yeah, disappointment. I had him in FanDuel. Mm. Big disappointment. Big, big disappointment. But I'll tell you what, this team, when I, every time I watch them, my biggest thing I keep thinking is like, if they had one rim protector, they would take them to a different level in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if you if they had a rim protector – this might be bold to say, but I think they could potentially be in like that Heat Celtics, what we think the Pacers should be. Right. Like you mean that, if they that, had a very good rim protector, right? Like yeah, if, or, or just anybody or, or, or a good rim protector. Mm. Cody Zeller is not a rim protector. He's terrible. Yeah. He's, he's and great. now that they're healthy, they barely are, they're not even playing Bismack much anymore, which is good for them. But they either play Cody or they go, they were going small a lot with PJ. Washington and Miles Bridges in the front court. Like they just don't have a rim protector. So give me a replacement level rim protector. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, if they had a very good rim protector, it would, yes, sure. Yes. Then I'd feel comfortable. Yeah. Then they would probably be in that Boston, Miami territory. I think they could be. I'm not saying they definitely would be, but mm-hmm. Lamelo has proven to be such a good point guard. They have so many scorers and Gordon Hayward's having, still having a pretty good year. Terror's ears become super clutch. And now they're healthy. Devontae Graham played. Malik Monk is going off. Like they, they just they have so many ways to score and beat you. They just don't have a rim protector. It's like the the biggest thing they seem to be missing right now that's keeping them, at least in my eyes, from getting to that next level. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's a playoff team? I'm so torn on them. I'm really and I like. I mean, they're in the playoffs right now. Yeah, I know, but I know. But you got teams like the Pacers back there. and Well, here's the, the thing. Raptors. Here's the thing. Unless Washington – it depends on Washington, but it seems like they're at least a lock for the play-in. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, they're one of the best, if not the best clutch team in the NBA right now. So I wouldn't want to be have to play them in the play-in that thing, however mm-hmm. that works. I wouldn't have to want to have to play that team. I also, if I was like, let's just say you're like the Bucks and you get up to the second, the two seed, and they're the seven seed, I wouldn't want to play them in a series. Yeah, I wouldn't either. So they're dangerous. They just have guys, they just have random guys who can just go off at any time. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Pistons, I texted you until before I saw the Wizards lineup that we talked, or the Warriors lineup that we talked about. 
I texted you that at one point they had, and this was in the fourth quarter, mind you, they had Dennis Smith Jr., Roddy Magruder, Wayne Ellington, Josh Jackson, and Mason Plumlee on the floor. And I was thinking to myself, this is the worst lineup I've seen in an NBA game this season. And they were up by three. So credit to Dwayne Casey. In that respect, I was like, man. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Dwayne Casey's doing a pretty good job that this team's even competing. Mm -hmm. That's the worst lineup. Every player on that team is a player that some other team was like, take this guy, please. Mm, Yeah, because we don't – we can't use him. We literally can't use him. That lineup in particular. Dennis Mm -hmm. Smith Jr. couldn't play for the Knicks. Wayne Ellington and Rodney Magruder just get moved around every year, team to team. Josh Jackson thought he was, everyone thought he was going to be out of the league and they signed him for some reason, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, they played tough tonight, but I, this team is going to win so few games down the stretch. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be ugly. Yeah. 32 for Jeremy Graham. Yeah. Graham, Graham, Graham. <laughs> um, think that's oh dallas okc yeah dallas i mean okc beat dallas no luca no no porzingis and dallas still almost came back the interesting thing from this game for me was 27 for josh richardson 26 for jalen brunson 24 for tim hardaway jr it does kind of show like like they have other guys they just got to figure out a way to get everyone a little more involved See, I look at it a little different way. I look at it as like the team construction doesn't make sense. Like they've got guys that can thrive when they're, when they are ball dominant or like have the, but you don't want to take the ball out of Lucas hand. So I'm not saying to the, the Seth Curry trade didn't make any sense. Like, I just mean they've done some things that don't. I know, but like Portland doesn't take the ball out of Dame's hands and everybody else is still thriving. Yeah. There's gotta be a way to make it work when you have guys that you know are this talented. Yeah, I, I just don't – I don't like the way their roster works this year. I don't – Well, I definitely – I think Josh Richardson definitely doesn't fit with Luka next to him. It just doesn't seem like he fits. But, like, you know, like, why does he fit with Jalen Brunson then? I, I don't know. Like, they're both still ball-dominant players. I don't know. Jalen Brunson's a little more of a natural point guard, but Luka's, like, top 10 in the league in assists. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just weird. They also – I know, like – there's also when Porzingis is there, that takes away from those guys too, but yeah, um, they're in a weird spot, Dallas. Uh, I mean, I think it's just so weird that they could end up as like the eighth seed with the hype coming into the season. So underwhelming. Well, Luca didn't play because of his ankle that he sort of aggravated, I think last game. And it brings up, which we didn't get to last night, but I wanted to talk about, it. I think I just forgot and blanked on it was that boy thick. Yeah, he's a hefty lefty. I think that, he's right-handed, but he's, he's very he's very much right-handed. But he, I mean, he can use his left. He's pretty talented. But he is a that's a big big boy. Like I, the All-Star game was the first time where I really was like, "Damn. He is looking hefty." And now I can't unsee it. I was watching last night when he played. He is a big dude, and I do wonder he's had these nagging ankle injuries. It's got to be tougher when you're fat to recover from an ankle injury, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. More weight. I mean, I'm kind of fat, but I don't have an ankle injury. But I imagine if I had an ankle injury right now, wouldn't be super easy for me to recover because I'm out of shape. Just more gravity. You can't fight gravity, man. Um, 
But yeah, right? it's <laughs> you just glossed right past that. You can't play grab. No, no. I, why would I? I have nothing to add. It's yeah. true. Um, it's getting fat. It's weird though. Like in it, it, your point that you made, or that the question that you had, I guess either last week or last time, or even after the All Star game when we were talking about it, which was like, how is he gaining weight during the season? It or seems like burning, he's getting. Yeah bigger during the season when you're playing you can't it's like almost seems unfathomable to gain weight during an nba season you play so much right i mean just i mean yeah if you know anything about like energy consumption and calories like if you're at working as hard as an nba player does for 30 minutes a day like and you're six seven how much do you have to be fucking eating to be that or or drinking or or the sauce yeah, this one, this is a very interesting theory by you. I mean, I'm not saying, look, I'm not, this is not even a theory. I'm just saying, if you don't, li- if you take steroids and you just don't, and you don't lift, you're just going to get like chubby, right? I, I think that's sort of what happens, right? If you don't do the right, if you take steroids and don't do the right things, I'm not saying Lucas on steroids. I'm just, I'm trying to. It's a third option. I'm just <laughs> saying, I'm trying to think of ways that you could, put on mass when you run 10 miles a night, you know, like, and you exercise as much as an NBA player does in the middle of a season. It just seems like he's getting bigger. Maybe we're just seeing it differently. Maybe he's not getting bigger. Maybe he was just always this size. No, I, I think he it. looks a little bit. It's just he bizarre. looks big though. He does yeah, look he big. Does. He looks big and it's, and it seems like, you know, he plays at this pace that is his own pace and that's what is good about his game. And it is, and he sees everything slow to him, but then every time he does anything that's even remotely a little bit more athletic, he hurts his ankle. Yeah. Yeah. It's not and, good. And just another sign on the, st- look, I, again, guys, I'm not saying Luca's on steroids, but if I was saying he was on steroids and I was trying to make a case for it, that dude has a short ass temper and He's always smiling and joking around, but in the game, when he freaks out, he freaks the fuck out and goes nuts on the refs or on, he just loses his shit. It's like microaggressions where he like rages. That's, that's, that is typical steroid user. So what are you saying, Joey? I'm not saying planting the seeds. I'm not saying Luca is on steroids. But if I found out Luca was on steroids, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. And <laughs> this, you would point directly back to this episode and be like, hmm, see. I'm just gaining weight in the middle of a season, freaking out, being known as like this friendly, happy-go-lucky guy, but then he just has these these anger outbursts. Have you you've known you've seen no, it? No, yeah. Right? He, he it's a little he, it's it's crazy. It's kind of crazy. Gets, yeah. These when he gets he gets face gets all red and it's he red starts screaming hell, yeah. and he he's using his hands like he gets super angry. Every mm-hmm. player gets angry, but he gets like he gets red and he's like he's he's, he's flipping out, man. Mm-hmm. This could be sauced out of his mind. I don't know. Raid, hey, rage. Roid rage is real. That's real. Roid rage is real, people. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first first it's an interesting theory i guess we'll find out Mm -hmm. um luke walton got a win tonight (laughs) 
Wow. Again, oh my God, I forgot they played the Rockets. My God, is it possible for the Rockets to just, I don't know, how do we just end this mercifully for them? I'll say, what? but I'll tell you what, Kevin Porter, they called up Kevin Porter Jr. and he had 13 and 10, 13 points, 10 assists, five rebounds. Good for him. Good for that guy. Yeah, it's great. That's good. Comeback story. Mm-hmm. You know, I always love to see that, even though they're getting just pounded out every night. The fire sale has got to be pretty soon. I would, I got to think. Mm-hmm. Plus the PJ Tucker thing, reports coming out in the middle of the game that he's frustrated that he hasn't been traded to a contender yet. This thing's getting blown up real soon. Yeah, look at yeah. this starting lineup. Steven Silas did say that Christian Wood should be back within the week. That's good. I mean, I mean, they need it because this isn't even an NBA. Like, it's just they're so bad. This bro. is they're so they're too far gone at this point. It's just yeah. good to get them back to get them going to save face for your for Steven Silas. You know that look right. like we are an NBA team when he's right. back here, right? Right, but they got to be selling off pretty soon because even you know you look at this game, they're starting Justin Patton, Kenyon Martin Jr. played 32 minutes, Kevin Porter played 30 minutes. It's almost to the point where like they know where they what they are, and they're just going to start playing their young guys. Mm-hmm. Anthony Lamb, I don't even know who that is to be honest with you. Yeah, somebody named Anthony Lamb got 13 minutes. Yeah, it's just it's it's rough. It really is. I'd I'd love to know what the longest losing streak of a team where like they had a winning record before the losing streak started ever was. This is 14 straight. They, I'm just saying they've got to be on the verge of some sort of history. The Kings starting lineup scored 101 points. My God. Wow. Four guys with at least 20 points. Yeah. It's crazy. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. That's, that's rough. And uh, I don't know if he's hurt, but you notice there's one person missing from this box score for the Kings. Hassan <laughs> Whiteside. I don't know. He's nowhere on here. Let me check. He's not on report. here. So hey, look, maybe if Luke Walton figured out that the problem is Hassan Whiteside, he had he's in COVID protocols. Apparently. Keep him there. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> or just cut him that would work that yeah you yeah. might save your job luke yeah listen up dude um well if they could play the rockets every night he'd have a that, job yeah, that would help too or i think they beat i think they beat the lakers without lebron and ad right before all-star break too yeah or two games before yeah yeah uh clippers beat the warriors 130 104 that was the last game that just ended um, yeah, and the only thing I have to say about this is the Warriors have big problems depth. I mean, they've got two good players. They, Kelly Oubre, they've got three good players and then just garbage, man. Yeah, I, and if the wise, – it's like, you know, Wiseman has this – he missed a COVID test and then he didn't play tonight. <clears throat> oh, wow. No, he – wow, he had 14 points. He must have played the whole fourth quarter. That's, that's kind of wild. Yeah, well, th- yeah. So I told you he was active. They just didn't play yeah, him yeah, in the beginning, but... and I think it was like a punishment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they must have played him when he was getting blown out. But like, he hasn't been playing a lot of minutes for them, anyways. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't make. I guess starting not to look like I don't know. I think Steve Kerr sees them as like a legit threat in the West. So it's kind of like that. You know, we can't be relying on a rookie type thing. Which I, I wouldn't. I mean, this team has no shot. They have no prayer at being a title team this year. So why not? He, he should be playing 15 minutes a night. He really should, I think, at the very least. Mm, yeah, 
It's number two overall pick. I mean, his, his, the, his talent, his ceiling is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They stink. They, yeah. they're, they stink. They're not making the playoffs. All of my bold predictions are going to happen. Uh, what was the one besides the Suns having the best record? That the Warriors wouldn't make it. Yeah. And, and that Dame would be top three in MVP voting. Oh, okay. They're looking pretty good. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. That's why I made them mm. locks. We should have called them bold locks. Bold locks. That doesn't flow as much. It's true. Uh, all right. I think that's it for tonight. We really knocked out that 11 game slate. Yeah. Yeah. We hit it. We hit that's, all of it. We hit it hard. No cancellations. We call that's what we call an efficient podcast episode. Clean deuce. That was a clean fry deuce. Mm-hmm. We'll be back Sunday night after the games. Everyone have a good weekend. Stay safe. Stay away from Hassan Whiteside because he has COVID and he's a dangerous person. And we'll talk to you next week. Later. Later. Later.